Hey everyone, welcome back to Prodcast, the number one podcast for product teams. On today's episode, I sat down with Raul Friedrich, co-founder and chief product officer at Building Radar. So Raul shares some great insights around customer feedback and how it should never be taken at face value, how you can work with and condition other departments in your organization to provide true customer insights and how to take all of those inputs and focus on outcomes versus outputs. There's so much insight packed into this episode, so let's get started. Hi, Raul. Well, welcome to the podcast. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely. So, Raul, could you give us um, a quick introduction of yourself and your background and, and what you're up to today? Of course. So, currently, I'm the CPO and co-founder of Building Raider. Um, what we do is we build the fastest lead technology for measurable sales success in the construction industry. Um, but I wasn't always a product person. So before that, I actually studied computer science. And during my studies, I already founded my first company, which was just an IT service company. And at some point, um, building products that other people envision was kind of boring or became boring for me. So I wanted to do something different. And then at the end of my studies, I founded Building Radar with two co-founders. Um, but my first company still exists. I'm just not play um, an active role in there anymore. Yeah. So that's Very where cool. I come from. So I've seen some great articles you put out on, on customer feedback. And so um, uh, that's kind of the topic I want to get into today is, is how to better leverage customer feedback. So as product managers, you know, we, we might have a roadmap and we're always looking kind of into the future of what we could make better and, and do better. So why, why should we stop and, and kind of reflect on and consider feedback of current customers? Yeah. So the thing is that usually the, the, the feedback you receive are already ready solutions. So it would go something like, hey, could you maybe add this button here that does X? Or um, a customer would tell you, I wish your product could do Y. And in general, the people who provide this feedback to you try to help you. So they already give you a solution that works for them, um, kind of a minimal thing, which they think is not a big deal for you to implement. And then they don't, or they think you don't need to do the thinking and that's a good thing for you. Um, but the problem is that it might not always be the best solution for, for the problem they're actually having. So one time, we had a customer who wanted to have a download feature where you could download not interesting leads. So what we provide in our product is leads to, to salespeople and you can swipe them to the left and right to say it's interesting, not interesting, kind of like Tinder. And he would want to download in an Excel file the ones that he's put to not interesting. And then we said, why do you want to do that? And then he said, well, you know, I, I want to create a report for my boss to see how many interesting versus not interesting I got in the last month and to kind of judge how effective your product is for me. So it's like, of course we could have built this download button for him, but the better solution is obviously to build a nice reporting for him. And that's, that's the thing um, that you don't get with the solution is that the core thing they're trying to solve or the core reason why they're asking you to do this. And this is where you need to get to. So the bottom line is that you need to listen carefully what they say and you need to question what they say to get to this root problem or root cause. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Not just taking their feedback at, at face value, but really getting to the underlying why of, of why they're asking for what they're asking for. Right. 
exactly. Makes sense. So uh, are there any good tools you've come across or, or methods that, that you would recommend for sourcing or soliciting feedback from customers? So the number one advice is really talk to people, um, no matter how big or small you are, and really use this valuable face time. So the mistake I often see and that I also did in the, in the early days is have these fancy tools where you can really analyze user data, be it heap analytics or mix panel or um, hot char, and then you kind of fall in love with the numbers and kind of start to see things that aren't really there. And what you have to really do always is try to talk to people, try to get out of them why they do certain things and yeah, don't rely on numbers. And once you talk to them, you again, it comes down to getting to this root problem or root cause. And what I always like to do is just ask why um, until, they, until I feel that I'm at the end. So um, there's this famous five why methods that comes from Toyota. So they invented that back uh, in the days to be really innovative. And I really think it's, it really helps. It's a super simple method because you just ask why. And then if somebody tells you your product sucks, you just go on why and then they, they keep talking. And I also use this internally. So when we have regular meetings with customer success or so sales to reflect on sales demos or feedbacks from customers. And then I also always do this why method. So I always ask, okay, why did the customer churn or why did we get this feedback? Because that's also very important. Yeah, and I think that helps the organization to kind of develop that, that product mindset. It's not so much important as to what the feedback is, but why it's coming to us and what the source of it is. So I think that's good to, to your point to reinforce that with the rest of the organization. So they start thinking in terms of why as well, and then you get more solid feedback. Definitely, because you as a product manager, you're not the only one who talks to the customer. In fact, probably sales and customer success will do that more often and more frequently than you do. So you actually rely on them to also transport the valuable feedback to you and not just the, the first thing they hear from a customer, but you need to also enable them to go beyond what the customer says and also to drill down and understand the root problem so that they can actually deliver that to you. Then your job will, as a product manager will also be much, much easier. Absolutely. And so Roel, you mentioned like tools that you could use to like analyze data. Um, but in terms of all these feedback sources, whether we're going directly to customers or we're getting that, that why feedback from inside of our organizations, are there any methods you found really helpful for organizing those inputs? That's a great question. Um, of course, that depends, I think, a lot on the, on the size of the company. So I can only speak for companies up to 60 people. I guess if you go beyond that, then you need to also think in terms of different methods because you have um, maybe not a central place or central person or, or community where you really um, know everything and, 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 and uh, can decrease duplicates and connect all the dots. But what I always like to do is think of it like a tree structure. So you have these problems and then they combine into bigger problems and then you have sub problems branching out and then you have can, multi have, can have multiple levels of that. And if you set it up right, then it should all connect to this one core problem that your product actually is trying to solve for the customer. And the tool that we're using here is product board. There are also tons of other tools out there 
and we try to always lock the problem in there and then try to build this problem tree of course, always attached with a solution because it's nice to already have some ready solutions in there if we decide to, to solve a problem. But I think it's worth really noting down the problems and structuring the problems instead of the features and the solutions. That, that makes sense. So, so instead of kind of like a, an ideas board or um, like a, a brainstorming board where you have all these ideas of features, you could build like a, like a product backlog. You have kind of a problem backlog. Exactly. Yes. I like that. I like that. And so once you have the problem backlog, how do you prioritize that? And I, I know it's probably going to differ by company, but if you could just give us an example of how you prioritize things. So I think that depends on the goals you're having um, this quarter or uh, this year. I mean, everybody sets some goals either at the beginning of the year or you do some quarterly goals and probably you want to look always at the outcome of something. So it doesn't matter if you have this solution or feature backlog or you have this problem backlog, but what you really want to understand is the impact that the feature, or if you solve this problem, what the impact is for the customer and for the metric that you're trying to achieve or that you set yourself as a goal. And it comes out that to this principle outcomes over outputs that probably all of you guys heard. And you have to understand really what what the, the solution has, an, in, yeah, what, what's the impact of the solution? And if you don't know that, then you need to go back and do some more research and focus on the product discovery and don't jump to the delivery. And um, in terms of prioritization, so then it's just, should be, should be easy because you know the outcome it delivers and you know where you want to go so you just implement the solution where you kind of know what the outcome will be makes a lot of sense so so you mentioned product discovery and there's there's a lot of different frameworks and, and methods for for doing kind of the the upfront discovery work so what have you found that, that works well for you right yeah so i i really love the jobs to be done framework to be honest um I mean, it's, you should be, or everybody's familiar probably with theory. So you have this quarter inch hole and the quarter inch drill. And I think you need all the feedback that you discover, um, be it the, you get it proactively or you try to discover it as a, as a research. You should try to understand the context of your customer to be more innovative. And because it, it matters so much what the customer is trying to do with your product. So if you go back to this example with the holes and the drills, I mean, drilling a hole can be, can have so many different contexts. Either you have it in your home and you want to hang up a mirror or you're actually a professional and uh, do this a thousand times a day. And then your product differs on so many levels because if you're a professional who needs a drill that just doesn't break, then uh, the product's going to be totally different also the price will be totally different than for somebody who just wants to hang up a mirror once in a while. The problem I think that you have, if you do, don't do this, if you store the stuff that you get in, in solutions and maybe you put even the problem, maybe you put even the reason toward in, to the feature, but then you have this feature backlog and then features get outdated. They, they kind of solve a problem that 
in a year is not there anymore. And let's be honest, um, we all know this feature backlog, which has endless tons of features. And you, once in a while you do this grooming and you work through old ideas and old features. And then you see stuff that you had imagined two or three years ago and they're super outdated. But if you note down the problem, then you see, okay, did I already solve it? Yes or no, you don't need to think a lot about it. And that the problem just doesn't get outdated. Plus it also gives you much, a much better understanding of if it falls in line with your vision. So you can easy, easily judge if the problem that you're trying to solve is something that you, that's worth solving for your vision. Um, and with the solution, that's much harder because the solution, you feel it kind of makes sense and um, it, it's much harder to judge if a solution fits into the vision or the strategy of the company than if you say, I want to solve this problem, yes or no. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense, right? Because problems don't typically go away unless you solve them. Um, but, but to your point, features can get outdated. And sometimes if we only look at it from a feature level, our backlog, we can forget the, the purpose of why we wanted to build that feature in the first place. Exactly. And it avoids that your product becomes this feature creep. Uh, and plus, you, you kind of stop leveling with, with other, or let's put it the other way around. If people request features, even to some problems they really have, or maybe they think they have, and there is a solution out there which is a competitor to yours, they would usually also request features that, that your competitors have. And if you drill down with this why method, you find out, okay, maybe they're legit, maybe they're not. But even if they're legit and you build these features, you will just become another solution that's exactly like your competitor. But if you really think about the problems and also put them into, into the perspective of your strategy, you can think more uh, from a different angle on the problems and then maybe provide a much better solution for the overall context and that the solution fits much better into the overall picture of, of the everyday life of your customer because probably you're building a product which is just a very small portion um, of, the, of the day of a customer and he's not working with your product the whole day. So it needs to fit into the whole context of his whole day. Um, or if it's not a B2B product, if it's a B2C product, I mean, it's even more so because in the B2C world, I mean, if you open an app and use an app that's some minutes, maybe if you have a good app, some hours, but then you have this 22 other hours of your life that, that you spend a day. So you, it needs to fit into the whole picture. Yep, no, I, I love that. Well, Raul, I appreciate you coming on the show and, and sharing with us. I think there's a whole lot of insights that I, that I took away from this. And uh, I'm going to stop keeping a feature backlog and start keeping a problem backlog because that makes so much more sense. Nice. <laughs> that was Raul Friedrich, co-founder and chief product officer at Building Radar. I hope you're walking away from this with some tangible next steps of how you can improve your own product practice in uncovering real, actionable customer insights. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't done so already, and I'd love it if you'd rate the podcast and leave us a review. Be safe, be well, and I'll see you on the next episode of Podcast.